episode 74 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and as usual, I'm joined by Brian and Kevin. We are three artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers. And each week we take some of The Endless Stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Disney+. Plus. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we talk about Nope, we talk about She-Hulk, we talk about Colleen Kuhn, we talk about... The ongoing Ezra Miller stuff a little bit. We talk about some Marvel news involving Henry Cavill. And we also set up the idea that we have a guest coming next week. We are going to have uh, comic book artist PJ Holden joining us and we'll be watching the movie Excalibur. So just flagging the, uh, the movie of the week for next week's episode as early as I possibly can here. This is John Borman's 1981 film. Excalibur, which is available now on YouTube for, I think, three euro to rent. So check it out. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading to iTunes, rate and review and like and subscribing, doing all those good things that really help out our podcast. If you are enjoying the show, please tell a friend about it. Help spread the word of the endless stream. On top of all that, you can head over to Instagram at the endless cast. We post images and clips and engage with our audience over there you can tell us what you liked what you didn't like suggest something for us to watch disagree with us you can also do that by sending us an email to the at gmail.com all of that being said let's get into the episode well boys we're back again uh episode 73 4 74 i'm bad with numbers um i'm very sleepy i went to an animation thing last night and got home after two and then had my alarm clock set for eight so I could get up and have breakfast this is um, I do like coffee and I will be going to bed immediately once we finish recording oh you're lucky you absolute child Um, sleep check Brian when's the last time or how many hours sleep are you on I haven't worn my Fitbit in a while Um, I don't know was it the heat I got a weird I don't even know what it was not even a rash Skin is kind of peeling where the strap was on. So, yes, yeah, pretty a sweat yeah, reaction so, type of thing because it was so hot. So I was wait. I took it off and I haven't been recording my sleep properly, but I think I'm around the five hours now. Kind of not too bad. Fuck you! You're all getting eight hours multiple t- nights a week. But like considering where you were, no, no, where I was, where I was was not sleeping. Yeah. If you're getting five, that's not better. That's not better. It's just a mild improvement over a situation where I was losing my hair because I'm not sleeping. It's still bad. I would have felt sorry for you. I think I said "fuck you," so I don't know. Whatever, sort out yourself. Um, Don't, don't, don't go there. Don't, don't draw this on yourself. No, No, not at all. You don't want. You don't want to. You don't want a flame war here. Okay, (laughs) just don't. Don't do it. Say sorry. Say Kevin, say, Kevin sorry. say sorry. Say, I will not say, say sorry. sorry. Kevin, say sorry. I will not say, say sorry. sorry. In say, English, Torbrona. Say sorry. I did. I said sorry. Say sorry. Ta Brown. Urim. Yeah, you will be. God, cranky with a fucking five hour sleep. I'm not cranky. That guy above you there is cranky. Mr. Going back to bed in two hours. I'm going back to bed. Oh, I'm going back to bed in two hours. It's going to be great. I'm going to just curl up in a duvet and go and just go to sleep. Might watch that new Sandman episode while I'm in bed. Um, 
it looked cool. Like I like I like that they had a bonus episode. Um, is it entirely animated? Uh, no, no, it's two. It's two little sub stories. Not even a two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. It's good. I, I put it on like, for a minute yesterday, and I saw the animation of it, and I was like, mm, I'm going to want to watch this. Actually, paying attention to it, so I, I sidestepped it. Um, my. Uh, there were good uh-huh. stories in the book. There were two good yeah. stories yeah. in the book. As I think that's something that the the show is doing really well. Is that it's just it's pretty much how I remember the book. I know it's mm-hmm. changed stuff here and there, but it's I, th- I think it's the best to way be f- that you could have adapted mm. something like this. To be fair, though, it's changed a little. Like yeah, I've seen a lot stuff. of kind of yeah. chatter online. Yeah, I've seen a lot of chatter online that it's all it's woke and it's this and it's that. Absolutely not. The, the book, book was the exact, exact same. Yeah, save for the fact that like some characters may not be white yeah. like they were in the book. But the, like, there's, there's a reason like, why the show eventually happened when they, you know, like there's a, the, one of the showrunners is LGBT themselves. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know a lot about them, but they are heavily involved in the show. They are one of the reasons. That it, it that they were able to adapt it in the first place. It was a, it was a fan of the book who came on and you know had ideas, you know, about how to adapt it as a show. Um, yeah. The the book, <laughs> the book was that already. You know, it was all those things already. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's mad that people give out about different people, stuff. Of people it. are like, and fucking it, dumb. Yeah, and like if they're meant to be fans of it, like you read the books, you know that there was like. Like, Jesus, every type of person represented in that book, essentially. Do you know what I, I mean? He's, so he's doing interviews as well where he addresses the point that, like, they're, they're, what do they, how do they call them? The sort of physical manifestations of concepts. Like, they're not, no version of them that we see is them truly. They can be whatever they need to be in the moment, you know? The idea of... Dream, dream is a cat in the cat episode, yeah. you know? And he's as yeah. much a cat as he is uh, a he yep. or a human, human in other know. episodes. Yeah, yeah. Dream is a cat. Hmm. It's almost like they didn't read it or get it. I don't know. In a book came out what thirty years ago, thirty-four years ago, I think. First issue was nineteen eighty-eight, and uh, I think now, but uh, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, it's just wild fans of it, and then just actually like going over there, dum dums. <laughs> Uh, I heard someone on TikTok or something re- refer to the Marvel as the MCU because apparently uh, that's what the tickets. I don't know what would you call them. Yeah, refer to it as right. And it's not like it's like there. And then the man was just pointing out how like if you look at the representation in the movies, it's not as if they're any more woke than they've ever been in terms of just like you know. They went through the TV shows. It's like Loki, white male protagonist. Hawkeye, white male protagonist. Sure, he had a co-star that was Kate Bishop, but he's like he was the Kate Bishop. To say, sure. Like kind of, not that it I was. Have a yeah, it that, was. Like to be fair, he, he was the co-star. But, but at the end, <laughs> but yeah, but at the end of the day, though, it's like kind of, it's like they're not they're not really pandering at all. And if you like, you know, if you have an issue with the representation that's in the movies, you just you just don't like watching movies that aren't featuring white men as a hero. I, you know, a lot of the people who were complaining about this, they are they're very easily manipulated 
and they they get outraged by things they think they're supposed to be outraged by. But if you if you were to actually talk with a lot of them, they wouldn't be able to defend their position because they're just parroting stuff that they they think they should be angry about. Yeah. And that's not a defense of them. It's just that that's how shallow the position is, and it's a waste of time sometimes to just even because they 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 they're such Engage. a fucking tiny fraction that they just have impotent rage and yeah. nobody gives. Well, that's a what I was going to say. The, that's, that's the percentage of, the of people like, that comment about media on problem. the internet is small. The percentage of people that are then dickheads is so small as well. So we're talking about like a tiny, tiny subset of the global population. It's like most people are watching this stuff and just either looking at it as like mediocre shit they're not that into or they're fine with it. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of people that just like aren't into the Marvel shows. There's plenty of people that watch them and love them. There's plenty of people, whatever. And then there's a they, tiny amount they, of people. They don't give it a second are, thought, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like I always remember walking to, going to the cinema in Dunleary and like as I was walking in here and somebody beside me going, what should we go see? And it's like, what do you mean? What do you don't go see? You, you mean you didn't come here with a plan? You didn't come here with the intent to watch a film that you are interested in? You, you haven't just bought your tickets already. You just want to kill two hours by being inside. Do it. Go like the idea that people don't give a shit about film or media or stuff like that. It's like, oh, they just occasionally dip a toe into it and it washes off of them. I would say they go once a week and then you know. They, it's not even occasional they probably go frequently but they just don't think don't about really it think yeah. about it all that much um. speaking of the MCU did you enjoy Hulk? yeah I thought it was great I, I put me oh, uh, it's not bad yeah. I, I just I just don't think I give a shit yeah I don't care yeah. it's a meta meta fucking meta Ali McBeal LA law fucking show I just don't care I don't care Stupid. I love the too Brian I thought it was really Stupid. funny also he doesn't fuck it's the entire point of him saying at the end of the movie that he hasn't danced before that's the point he was a virgin up until that point all just for a cheap joke cheap funny joke Still low. That's what we're in for. Eight more episodes. Excuse me. Yeah, you go on. You, you run. Did he just leave? He did. Okay, counterpoint. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I thought... I don't even dislike it. I just don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. <laughs> I watched it. I tried... I, I even was going to rewatch it. And I was like, why? I got it. I got everything that was in there. Yeah first time around it was fun I know you're like meh but just like I guess uh, we've got your take on it Um, meh Um, just to I guess put put the full other side of it is I really did enjoy it I thought she was uh, funny and endearing and I liked her reaction to stuff I enjoyed the Hulk uh, the two of them being CG for the full half an hour like we saw trailers where that looked really fucking ropey and it didn't like to be fair they pulled that shit together we were, like we were looking at trailers a couple of months going there's no way they're going to pull that together by the time it goes up and in fairness I think they did for the most part um, I'm sure we could go back and pick I, I think it's a bit better yeah, yeah. I, I, like it's still it's still not it, it, it's it's 
it's enough for the show. Yeah. 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 Um, I would I would really enjoy it if after all of Jamila Jamil's social media promoting of her role in She-Hulk, if that was the extent of it. Um, but I've seen her do more fight choreography stuff, so that has to come in, right? Um, I like Jamila Jamil, but I do find it, I don't know, I would find it amusing if it was like, after all that, that's it. <laughs> you know? No, there's definitely more. Yeah. Um, why... Why why are people doing flying sidekicks on wires? I it, it's terrible. Just, yeah. Like why? Yeah. <laughs> why? The weight's wrong. It's just all wrong, and they hold in it for so long, and and all just so she can just punch her, punch her back towards the wall. Just why? Yeah, uh, yeah. That is that is one as well where you know <laughs> she just, showed the behind the scenes on it, and it's like. Okay, so I can see the rig they've got you in. I can see the way your weight is sitting back over your right hip. Um, and this doesn't look good or right, you know? Um, I mean... And then like, it, it like could have even sold it better as, like, um, you know, a sort of a wrestler move mm-hmm. if it was, like, both feet forward. Yeah. Because I think that's kind of what the character's supposed to be, is this kind of big, mm. large, kind of powerful... Like, they, they wouldn't be throwing a flying sidekick. The that flying sidekick yeah. image like is pretty like associated with Bruce Lee, right? Even um sorry, Mortal Kombat even, Liu Kang. I see that image of him. I'm trying to think of where I know that image pop culturally. But even then when I think of Bruce Lee doing that kick like in, in Kung Fu movies, it's such like it's a, you jump up and you do the kick and you hit the ground. Like it's not where did this idea that it has to be fucking ten seconds of flying across the air come from? You know? It's trying to like it's a cool silhouette, so people keep aiming for it, and that's why we get this wire work versions of it. A, a, a lot of the time, as well. Like, I, I can throw a long distance one. Mm. Or I used to anyway. Mm. I haven't tried in a while, but you don't throw the kick and then float for a couple of seconds. Yeah. You jump, you fly for a few seconds, and then you extend your leg on the target. So that's one way to fix it right away: mm. is have the person jump. Have them fly, and then as they're about to hit their target, extend into the kick. You don't throw the kick in the air. You're not a dart. Mm-hmm. You know you don't you don't launch yourself with yeah. your foot extended. You jump like a long jump, mm. and as you near your target, you snap your leg out. So right away, that's one way to make it look more real. It's it's the you know Morpheus kind of in the dojo. Mm. Like he he throws the knee, but he holds that pose as he's traveling through the air. He doesn't strike with the knee out straight away, you know, so you jump, have them jump on wires. And then as they near snap, the kick out instead of this, it, it looks like the parody version, you know, I I can't think of probably fight scene in, in, or even in Wayne's world too. Um, That kind of thing. It immediately looks like that when the person is holding the position. Do they cut to Wayne in wires for that? Like, I feel like there's a moment I have to go back and watch that, but I feel like they sort of like, Make I a joke of it. So. Does he stop and have a drink or something in air as he's covering distance or mm, something happens? No. No. Anyway. It's it's just weird that, you know, if you're gonna have the actor do it instead of the stunt mm. performer. Like why why is nobody explained? Why is no one on set going, Well you don't you don't yeah, it's not a dart. You don't mm. Because some storyboard artist or director likes the idea of a long holding thing and they have no clue of... 
I think I think they do. I think storyboard directors know that stuff. That they watch enough action stuff to get. Anyway, mm. it's just when you see it, it just stands out so much, and it's especially when when the, when the kick didn't even land. Yeah. Um, this is like, what was that for then? Tiny little change in the show that I thought was just good and clever and like um, the original origin of the She-Hulk is like she's knocked unconscious and leaking blood and Bruce needs to give her a transfusion and um, it's just a little slight shift in the power dynamic but they get over the origin story of her really quickly. She pulls him out of the wreckage of the car crash. Um, I don't like already though where if it, it seems like they're making a lot of there's a lot of jabs in the script where they're saying oh, I'm better than you I'm like you but I'm better right. I'm like you but I'm better and it feels like they're trying to set up um, Ruffalo doesn't want to do these anymore or we can't afford him anymore for the amount of screen time he right. has so let's bring in uh, a TV actor to replace you know the movie star but uh let's not have people feel like they're getting shortchanged let's you know emphasize that you're getting a better hulk right it, it, it just it just reminded me of in falcon and winter soldier where they're like oh we've got this new superhero serum and it doesn't give bulky muscles uh it's like so you just don't want to spend the money training people anymore all right okay mm. just stuff like that in script just it i feel like i'm seeing the Laying the groundwork for the the yeah, easier the, filmmaking, right. but yeah, yeah, the the budget decision making, mm. just the amount of times where it's like, oh, I'm like you, but I'm better, I'm better. It's like I liked it. I thought the Hulk comes off. It's funny how the Hulk comes off like kind of insecure mm. and jockey. Sometimes when he's like kind of competing with her, and how he kind of has to show off because he can't deal with her being kind of more control of the stuff. But I thought that kind of dynamic and stuff was fun. Um. I like I I kind of like like this. sometimes the show even gave me like vibes of the old TV show and I kind of like that. Was that like was that kind of like rural America coming out of the side of the bar? Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, kind of thing. Yeah, and then, but even like when she was in the court in the court at one stage and she's like looks to the camera or something. It's kind of just like it almost had like a, the aesthetic of like this seventies like law TV show or something. But uh, no, I just really like it. I thought I thought I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I think she's very good. Well, here's here's the the line we have to walk now. We've we've acknowledged She-Hulk, and um, it was fun, which is good. Um, John Z. Byrne gave a ten out of ten in a WhatsApp. We did say we're not going to talk about this week on week. Let's just watch it and we can recap at the end of it. Well, we didn't. We said I wasn't going to. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk All about right. this week by week. Absolutely. So my statement there was getting to a like, I wonder, can we go week on week without talking about it? Because we're going to watch it, and Kev and I are going to chuckle, and uh, and you're going to talk about it. it. Okay, we're talking about She Hulk week on week, but Kev will or Brian will abstain as he sees fit. Um, I'm looking forward to the Daredevil episode. It'll be enjoy your twenty, enjoy your twenty minutes. I will. I will. Life's about quantity, not quality. No, it's quality, no, no, not quantity. No, no, you're stuck with the first mm-hmm. one now. Enjoy your eight episodes of quantity. I will. That's 160 minutes of she hulky goodness. It's great. Um, 
I saw, uh, I watched a YouTube video, a guy talking about, uh, he did an edit on the Obi-Wan show, and he cut it down to just over two hours, I think, like made a film out of it. Um, it would still only be okay because nothing happens in that show. Kind of my thinking, like it, he, he yeah. put it up free, and he, he and so there's two of two of them, two sort of editors working together. They cut that and they cut down the book of Boba Fett into two different chapters, two distinct chapters. Like he, they, it seems like they've cut the timeline jumping shit around, and they're free to get. And I downloaded them off their sites. Well, I just, I, so far, I have not been able to bring myself I mean, to go through they, them again. <laughs> Free to give. Um, I know, I know. I know. You know they, they've like they, the, they're they're playing. Pirated somebody. They're walking a fine line of like these edits are available on our website. We don't want any money, and we think that you should have a Disney Plus account if you want to download these things because these are other people's work, and we just having paid for it already, we feel we can consume it again. It's like okay, you're going to get a cease and desist. That's not how it works. Yeah, you're going to get a cease and desist. Um, I'm going to. Click that link now, but you're going to get it. Do you remember the, these guys made a Star Trek movie 10 years back? What was that called? Kev, is he talking about Star Trek again? Um, these guys made a Star Trek movie. Star Trek? Um, set in, like, I think the original series era. Um, and they hired a bunch of people that had, like, been in it as, like, secondary or tertiary characters. And the effects were good enough that they were like, we need to shut this down. You know what I mean? There's a lot of fan stuff. They were like, actually, really? modern special effects have got to the point where this looks like a solid 80s Star Trek movie. Possible. Um So we should shut this fucker down because it was just too close. I want to see that. Who's the guy that played Elvis and is in things? He's in Hacks as the casino owner um, who fires what's-her-face with the eyes. American Tim Curry. Yes. American Tim Curry was in it as a captain of the ship. Um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> no listener does, though. Actually, listeners, if you know who we're referring to as American Tim Curry, send us a message. Comment on Instagram. Like and subscribe. Kevin, Mr. Kuehler. Join us on Patreon, where you can see videos of Brian drawing mm-hmm. a frisbee for a dog. Actually... Could we do that? Do you just have dog videos? <laughs> sure. For real, like, I'll, I'll 100% put those up. If you send me dog videos, I'll put them on Patreon. I'll put a one. I'll put a one euro paywall in front of Brian throwing frisbees tomorrow. Like dog videos. We'll see if we get anything. Um. Um. This would be a bad time to point out it's all available. For Shut up! Online. Shut up! <laughs> People haven't connected them dots. Um. Join Brian on OnlyFans. He'll be rubbing his own feet. That's some dog pics. I don't show the feet, though. You just have to use your imagination. Okay. Okay. I'm using my imagination. Apparently, Nickelodeon's logo, Nickelodeon's logo was a foot because of that one guy's foot fetish. Remember the audience logo was a foot for a it while? It was kind of the the font and orange. Yeah. yeah. It was like lots of shapes. Yeah. I'm starting to feel like that... I don't know. Like I'm starting to feel like we're, we're, we're seeing shadows where there are none. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just a foot. Yeah. It's just a foot. 
Like that guy's a creep. It's uh, awful. Nickelodeon has a lot to answer for, yeah. but that's just a foot. Somebody. I sometimes a foot's just a foot. Sometimes a foot's just a foot. I saw a video which was like a clip Fair. of The Simpsons. Someone taking Elmo off the shelf, and there were children's blocks behind them, and the letters were like A E O P and D. And somebody was like, "They're telling us they knew that." You know, the guy that voiced Elmo was having sex with underage kids or underage people. And it's like, I think somebody just threw some letters in the thing. And even if it is writing the word pedo, I think it's just an animator being a dick. I don't think he knew anything about the guy that voiced Elmo. I think, like, there's enough sort of Easter egg stuff historically of people just trying to creep weird shit into things just to be dickheads. Was was the guy who voiced Elmo a pedophile? I don't. I'm. 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 Un- actually, I will catch my allegations. And um, but he brought somebody under age across state lines. So that was where the issue was, right? That initially, what's his name? Yeah, there were documentary about him that people found very yeah, endearing. Yeah, and then the, then the stories came out after yeah, the allegations yeah. came yeah. out. Oh, so there was. I think there was a thing of like. I don't know. I, I don't know what he's guilty of. If I remember, I think the age of consent in the state where he was meeting this kid was like he was on the right side of the law there. But you the sound end, like you're equivocating. I'm trying to just understand the. <laughs> so just stop. The, the, <laughs> just stop. If I don't get it all out, it's just, just, stop just <laughs> he got in trouble because he brought the kid across state lines. But it was still fucking awful. Good save, Kevin. You watch Day Shift. Hey, I just want to uh, applaud you as well for not making that joke. I saw it flash up on your face, and I'm I'm, I'm almost proud of you. Not quite, but well done for not making that. I watched Prey and I watched Day Shift. I, I really enjoyed Prey. Top Prey mm. was very good. I don't um, want an extended Predator cinematic like, universe with that character, which feels like what they're gearing up to. I think there's like two sequels planned already. Oh, God. Mm. No, it was a fine standalone movie. Like that's what kind of annoys me about some stuff because it takes away from then the fact that like that was her hunting experience yeah. and that's what she ever you know what I mean like it's like there was an arc there they completed it there's no yeah. need to go on more you know uh, do a do a do a Viking predator movie do a you know do another period or whatever could be interesting but uh, yeah um, but no I like Bright Bright I thought she was class. Um, and I watched Day Did Shift with Jamie Foxx. I'm trying to it's, remember if I was talking to somebody else just in a conversation. I was just like a version of it where I'm trying to I'm trying to work out how this mashed up. I I came up with the name. You're talking about Prey or Day Shift? Prey. Apologies. I'm, I will clarify. I was talking like I know that I've covered some of my ideas of the Predator franchise on here, where I'm just like. Predator 2, Predator is the Predator. All of that shit is just diminishing returns of various military special forces units just getting killed over time. But the idea of, like, I discount those immediately and we go, Predator's the first movie, Prey's the second movie. It's a shift in tone. We go from, like, elite military squad fighting for their lives to under underprepared person struggling to be taken seriously and this and the other. Like, not that she's um, unskilled or whatever. And then I just... I, I think somebody pitched a version where the Predator was like wounded and he'd lost all his tech and he was being hunted by the people of the the time zone. I think like say that's it. Somebody said that, that he lands in like Nazi Germany and there's a Nazi death squad hunting him. And I was like okay I, I, I landed on the name Wounded Animal so the trilogy is Predator, Prey and Wounded Animal and I kind of liked the idea of like 
it's a way for us to root for the predator by making the people hunting him the fucking worst people. And he's got none of his yeah, equipment. Fair. And he, you know, and and has to act from a so point of injured. I might, I, that could be fun. But and then that trilogy is yes, like nicely. Uh, that does sound cool. Anyway. Yes. Day shift. No, you should write sure. it. I should write it. Day shift. Um, day shift is a absolutely crazy movie. Oh god, I, I was watching so much of it. Is it related and, uh, to the night shift, day shift films? No, no, okay, no, 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 completely separate. Um, but uh, oh, so so over the top violent. Like uh, I was even watching it, kind of going like, oh god, like I think I'm kind of happy enough that I'm not too desensitized to be watching this stuff and, and and acknowledge the fact that it's over the top. You know. Like people just getting crushed and bent and bodies being broken every which way and it's very full on. Mm. But uh but it was a, it was a, it's a ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous movie, but it was it was a bit of fun. Is it a Netflix original thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause it has the aesthetic and like editing to it that like I'm starting to associate a sort of look and polish and colour grading to like shiny Netflixy films. And I don't want to watch them. Oh. Like, um, I mean, Six Underground and Red Notice and stuff like that. It just doesn't feel like there's a an aesthetic or an artistic choice to the way the thing looks other than just, like, make sure we hit the technical specifications as laid out by Netflix Development Brief. Like, you can go to the Netflix requirement site and you can see what camera they demand, what delivery file format, what whatever... Um, in order to be hosted on the, the minimum requirements. Um, hmm. And I just feel like these shows kind of hit a bare minimum. Or, um, yeah. yeah, fair. I think that's true of a lot of films, though, not just the Netflix stuff. I think there's just a, there's a bare minimum. To qualify as a feature film. Yeah, or in terms of, like, you know, resolution and, and you know, color mm-hmm. grading and stuff like that. It needs to look just enough like a a film but I think it's been true of stuff before mm. not just direct to streaming Netflix stuff just just the yeah, sort of I, middle I th- tier budget stuff but I think that's the the difference is that Netflix are throwing these films at us as if they're you know we've thrown a whack of money at these things yeah, and but I mean, it, it's, stars it's the same it, as, these are great it's the same as before there was even like um, a recognizable quality to it, we've said it before. Like th- these are effectively direct-to-video stuff that yep. Netflix are then throwing at us, as if, like you said, as if it's as if it's a big prestige. Deal. But it's mm-hmm. you know, A-listers are always making direct-to-video shit. It's just now there's a there's a home for them, bigger platform yeah. for. So what what is day shift? Is Jamie Fox hunting vampires in L.A.? Yes, uh, and trying to his his estranged wife and daughter are kind of getting fed up of his antics and want to move to a different part of the country. They don't know he's a uh, vampire hunter. They just think he's a pool cleaner, uh, and then he starts kind of uh, he tries to get back into the union, and uh, he is it a pool cleaning vampires. union or a vampire cleaning killing union? Vampire, vampire kind of union. union. So is it trying and to like create this mythology and the sort of John Wicky? style no. of like the a little bit no. did you watch it Brian? no uh, but I know enough about it that there's this yeah. in world c- 
currency where they sell vampire teeth and stuff and they don't really explain why it's worth anything but it's it is i think it's a bit i think it's, it's a definitely bit bounced wiki. off of that idea yeah yeah What's the name of the hotel in Wick again? Continental. Continental. I was going to say intercontinental. Um, is there like a is there an equivalent kind of home base for him to go to? There's like a this union is the center of the cafe? vampire union. There's a big yeah. union office, yeah, where they can kind of pawn off their teeth and right. stuff, yeah. But you know, it's a, it's absolutely yeah. Like I said, it's a crazy movie. It's crazy over the top. But uh, it was, it was, you know, like one of those things where you kind of like watching it, going like, "What the fuck am I looking at?" But uh, you know, it passed time. It was fun. Did you have fun with it? I guess is the is the what this boils down to. It's it's really B movie ish, but it's good. Okay. But it's good, yeah. Like as in, like, yeah. It's it's. I don't know if I'd recommend it because it's pretty awful, but I enjoyed it. Did you watch those other Netflix ones? Did you? Is it Red Notice? I didn't watch any of them. No. And. Six Underground. What else is there? No. In that vein of things. Bright. They made a animated follow-up to that as well. Set in the kind of feudal Japan, I believe. It's called Bright. Subtitle, Samurai Soul. Which was Bright? Was that the Will Smith Smith movie? And David Ayer. Joel Edgerton, I think, isn't it? Really? Okay. Joel Edgerton, yeah, and David David Ayer directed. Yeah. And they were going to make a sequel to that, but that's not happening anymore? I think they expected it to be a bigger hit, it, yeah, but it got kind of... Uh, got picked apart immediately, so... Yeah. And and Max Landis. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't help you. Don't help. And then the Oscars happened as well. Yes, yeah, so like everybody involved is a bit... Except Air, because... Did Air follow up? Well, he's What's involved in Sandman. Sandman. Oh, okay. That's cool. No. What's he done since Suicide Squad? Sandman. Uh, one of the reasons I didn't get to the cinema this week, um, there was a comedy show in Wigwam, the mob improv group stuff, and one of the guys who like does stuff with me uh, had a... A sketch show on and like they you know pre-written and rehearsed sketches and they rarely do that sort of thing it was fun um i was like oh i'll go and see nope tonight and i knew that michael had his show on i was like well best of luck to that you know i've been to lots of shows i'll leave him off with it and then somebody sent me a message going you know it's michael's 30th birthday tonight I'm like bollocks and, I, and with the best with with love in my heart, I was like, I absolutely have to go in now and have a drink with Michael, you know, because it's his birthday and like whatever, his thirtieth birthday is one of the milestones. Um, all of that is me excuse making because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see nope. I I, I dropped. It's I dropped a very the ball very long way to say you suck. I suck too. No, you're you're okay. You're okay. We knew you weren't going to go. It's okay. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah we knew. Oh. Kind of new. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You had an entire day off on a Friday. You weren't going to go to the cinema. Uh, that's rude. I had things to do. Tell us about your day um, off, Kevin. Um, I'd rather not. <laughs> that's you watched Day Watch. That's day Shift. Um, I did actually watch Day Shift. I had a friend over last night and we watched Day Shift together. Shout out to Mark Stokes. What, what? 
dog. Dog into his A. Oh. Uh, Mark came over after the animation Didi, um, and we chilled out, ate some pizza, had some snacks to watch some movies. Right. So what time did he get to yours? He, did we miss... Like, I went to that animation... Yeah, he got up to mine around 8 o'clock. Oh, okay. So we must have just missed each other. Um, it was the women in animation summer mixer thing. They they kind of get food. Why were you there? It was an opium. Because the organization is called Women in Animation, but it is a cross-industry, just networking kind of event. Really, it's just a piss-up. It's good fun. Um, it is not exclusive to the women of animation. Interlopers. Interlopers. You can't let them have anything. Okay. Showing up, stealing their free drink. No, there was no free drink. But oh, there was platters what? of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, platters is pretty, That's pretty, pretty kind good. gesture. Um, I I ate a lot of yeah we know you did and we know cocktail sausages mm. seen you eat <laughs> eat you mean inhale <laughs> you made it sound wrong you made it sound <laughs> you made it sound like um, some sort of animal you're a growing boy um, it was good fun I am um, I talked to people you don't know, I guess. <laughs> I was about to list a whole bunch of people, but it was like, I don't think you know any of them, but it was cool. Like, I, I was like, for the first 10 minutes, I was walking around going, I know none of these fucking people. Because two years of pandemic is, well, it's two years of graduating classes, two, three, four different classes worth of students. So an additional... Yeah, new people coming to the country. An additional, maybe... 80 to 100 students who are trying to get into the animation industry plus new people at the country um, who just look for an excuse to go to socialising events within the industry so it was jam packed full of people I was like I have no idea who anyone is but eventually you sort of find your people again and talk to you know um, again I'm about to start listening Ian Hamilton was there I was talking to Ian Hamilton um, he, I think he ran off early enough because he's going to go and pull his Land Rover up a hill somewhere he, he's big into that He's got, is it Land Rovers are the ones that are like the sort of minimalist tin can things that there's a big fan club around them. Oh, like right, okay. They, they they meet up around them and, you know, they they get their winches on and they pick a mountain and spend a day hauling this thing across mud up a hill. And that's that's the pastime. Um, they love it, off-roading. Um, <laughs> fair play to them. Fair play. It's like um, robot wars without saws. And with mud, more mud. Um, it it would not be my pastime of choice. It just feels kind of like once you get to the top of the hill, I guess you just have to come back. So I didn't see Nope. Neither did Kevin. Brian, do you want to give us the 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 review? Of nope. Don't do it. Don't do it. Joke across your face. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> Um, I really liked it Um, I really liked it Um, this is where I do the sirens because it so rarely happens Brian liked a thing Um, I think that should be our first sticker Brian liked a thing I like loads of things I love stuff Speed Racer The Winter Soldier and what else do I bang on about 
I know I'm missing one. Um, Matrix. Yeah, I, I know. Um, <laughs> how much to talk about and not talk about? How much do you know about it? Actually, start with that. What do you know about it so far? I know very little. Um, it's getting to the point where I'm listening to podcasts and people are talking about it, and I'm like starting to reach that line of like, like I was listening to something the other day, and they're just like, "We're just going to talk about it." I was like, "Okay, I'm turning this off," you know. But it is reaching the point where like I'm getting little slivers of things where I'm, you know, going to just have to accept <laughs> hearing things about it. You know, like I've seen pictures of the UFO. I've seen. You didn't have uh, to say UFO. that. I can cut it. From Kevin's ears. That's twice um, now, Kevin, that he's ruined a Jordan Peele film for one of us. Yeah. Which one did I ruin previously? Yeah, I've only seen one Jordan Peele film. Yeah, and you fucking ruined it. Yeah, I was about to say one. that, you know, when I was going to do my talking part, I was going to say that I saw Get Out years after everybody else did. Um, so I saw it with a kind of a different perspective. Um, but you had ruined it already. Um, you just, just so fucking. Just, you, just, as, you went straight As, as you tell us. Like, Almost weekly. Spoilers don't ruin films. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, know. I don't give a shit. I'm just saying you just ruined it for Kevin. And it's twice now you've ruined, ruined it for me to for someone. Yeah. Did you know there was UFOs involved in this movie <laughs> in some fashion? Don't again. He might forget. No. I'm not going to forget now. I didn't know anything. This is true. I forget really easily. Well, hold on. That might <laughs> be why he didn't bother it. to go and see it. Kevin, UFOs. You love UFOs. Go and see it. No, I, don't, I, I, I like Jordan Peele enough to go see it without, without, without being... Harangue to go see it. Um, cowboys, um, there's cowboys in it. I, I, what? Kevin, at the sound of me clicking my fingers, you're going to forget the last two minutes of this conversation. Okay. Thanks God. So, a new western movie from Jordan Peele. Don't do that. No. Don't misleads. no, because the, the second mislead. thing I was going to say is, you know, maybe it'd be better knowing a bit about it. Okay. Going in, don't 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 set up, you know false premises okay um i saw get out years later mm. i'm a huge key and peele fan i think jordan peele mm -hmm. is great he's very clearly a a film buff and he's into a lot of things he was warner brothers pick for a while to direct their eventual acura live action uh, he turned it down but anyway that is all to say you know i'm a i'm a big jordan peele fan i liked mm. get out um, I, you know, by like by the time I'd seen it, I'd heard it was a little overhyped, kind of for me. Mm. Um, it was a great debut, but I wasn't. Uh, I I liked it, but I wasn't as hugely gone in it as. I think it more to do with like I said. I think by the time I saw it, it was at least a year, maybe two, later. Um, mm. so it had been kind of hyped significantly. Us is. Creepy in places, but a bit messy. Not bad, but you know, kind of weaker. So I was going into this um, again, not knowing too much about it, other than you know, seeing the trailer just you know before other films, things like that. Um, not knowing too much about it, so kind of not knowing what to expect. Mm. And there's a point in it, say even less than halfway into it, where it becomes what it becomes I wasn't expecting it's quite a meta film about filmmaking 
Um, it isn't. Oh. It isn't a straight up horror. Um, there's very effective moments of horror in it, but it's a bit more of a kind of a Spielberg in a kind of a Close Encounters Jurassic Park, even a bit Poltergeist kind of way. Um, but yeah, it, it's more about it's quite meta. It's about filmmaking and stuff in a lot of ways, and um, I could see people going into it expecting just a straight horror film and being right. disappointed. There was a group of dickheads at the screening I was at, and I think about two thirds of the way in, I you know overheard one of them going like, "Man, this is fucking shit." Um, but then they did get very quiet for the last thirty minutes, so they did still get roped in, but they walked mm. out of it thinking. You know what a piece of shit they didn't even they didn't mm. it didn't even you know register with them that they they got hooked in they had absorbed they were, they yeah, were actually they, they were actually into it but it very much wasn't what they were expecting um so yeah it's uh it's great though there's some some very very kind of effective creepy horror moments um do check it out i won't talk about it too much because you know they, they've intentionally not given too much away, mm-hmm. um, but don't expect a, a straight horror movie. It kind of becomes, it's a, it even reminded me a bit of kind of Prey and Predator in ways as well. Okay. Um, here's here's a question then for me as like, as the the self-professed coward. Like we went through the Halloween. Oh, it's season. fine. It's fine, is it? Yeah. 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 That, that's like not. It's, that's it's, not to it's say it's in that, a sort of horror world, but it's yeah. That, that's not, not going to scare that the shit out of me. There's very creepy moments, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Okay. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying you won't I be think about out. Hereditary and Suspiria. <laughs> like I was thinking about Suspiria the other day, and just how like visceral I, the I, end I, of that I, movie is. I don't want to. I feel like I'd be lying if I said to you that there's nothing upsetting in it because there okay. there is, but it's not. There, there absolutely is, um, mm-hmm. but it isn't depicted in a very graphic way sometimes that's worse also yeah but yeah you see i i feel like i feel like if i i feel like if i don't go into detail you'll say what a prick <laughs> he absolutely knew that part was coming because there's at least two or three parts where you're going to be oh no yeah there's at least yeah. two or three parts where you're going to be kind of like going Ugh, oh this yeah. is awful this is terrible but i don't want to spoil them either but, but uh, they're, they're, if yeah, I go in knowing it is a horror movie, you know, but like it's not that sort of Eli Roth just hitting people with hammers for the crack, like no, uh, th- like one of the, one of the, uh, you know the you know some of the basic setup that you know they're mm-hmm. they're horse trainers for for film and stuff like that. So yeah. one of the themes of the film is to do with like wild animals and taming animals and stuff like that and part of it is they they kind of reference Stephen Yun's character was um a child actor in the 80s and he was on a TV show with a chimp and right. the chimp it kind of references that poor lady who was uh, attacked by that pet chimp um and that happens on the set of the TV show in the 80s Oh god! Did, did they kind of recreate it, or they? Did you talk about 
they show snippets of what happened. They don't show it in graphic detail, but that's oh, almost God. like I said, that can be Yeah. That can be worse in some ways. Yeah. Um but there's nothing in there that is it's not Eli, Eli Roth stuff. Yeah. But it is still, I mean, it, it was a horrible thing that happened to a, a real person. So it's hard to see it without thinking of that as well, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not, okay. it's not Midsummer. It's not Hereditary. It's not Hostile. Okay. God, I still haven't seen Midsummer. Midsummer is way less... I I think Midsummer like w- I associate Midsummer with the Wicker Man kind of concept. Yep. And there was a period in 90s British television or just 90s genre TV where and you'll see it even today when 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 you have to make 20 episodes a season you start cribbing off of mm-hmm. other formats. And it's like it's like I've saw I've seen every sitcom do a version of a Christmas carol. Well, I've seen a lot of shows do a Wicker Man take, you know, isolated town, your new, you know, stranger around here, this is local people kind of thing. So I'm kind of played out on it. So the idea of going to see just another version of, you know, people wander into an idyllic town and they don't realize the dark undercurrent at play and then sort of kind of druidic flower circle, you know, ultimate death or suffering of somebody. It's like, I kind of, I kind of get it. Like whether or not there's, themes relating to um, the lives they lived and, and the way they lived their lives going into it. That might be the new stuff. I'm, I'm trying to be vague there because I haven't seen Midsummer and I haven't... Um, I'm not sure of the journeys that those characters go on themselves, but like I don't know what the new thing is that makes me want to go and see these people sort of slowly realise there's a dark undercurrent before getting jumped and everything going fucking wrong. I don't know that there's a question there, but... Like, no, is it okay. is it significantly different enough from any of those other takes that I should watch it? Midsummer. Yeah. Um. No, I yes. should watch Midsummer. I should. You've seen Hereditary. It's very gory. There, there's one extremely gory part, and yeah. you, you know when it's coming, and you can, you can turn away for that. And it, it's still nothing worse than, I've I've seen worse in Game of Thrones. You know. Sure, but like my my, I guess my my kind of question is like, is it is it different enough from the Wicker Man? Is it different enough from the Randall and Hopkirk version? Is it different enough from yeah. the Stargate episode? It is, it is. Okay, just enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, one other thing I want to say about Nope. Um, I like I, I didn't see it on a big screen, but mm-hmm. um, would it benefit? It would definitely be better, but my point was is that um, the cinematographer, I don't know that they work exclusively with IMAX cameras for the film, but ba- basically there's there's a lot of big sky in right. the film, and it looks fantastic, even on a small screen. Just the, the cameras they're using, just how much scope and, you know, how much, yeah. how much sky it gets into the frame, and it's a, it's a great choice because height it, as well. Yeah. yeah, it's it you know it's very much about what's up mm. in the sky, <laughs> what's kind of happening. Um, 
Yeah, and it looked fantastic. Um, really appreciated that directorial decision. Michael Wincott's in it too, and it's great to see him and stuff again. He's fantastic. Who's Michael Wincott? Michael Wincott, he's the bad guy in The Crow. That's probably what I recognize him most from. The raspy voice? Yeah. The guy with the voice, it's just like fucking... Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, He's in... um, He's in Alien Resurrection. He's in... um, the resurrection the three musketeers as well three I musketeers yeah, yeah. as Rochefort, i think is he yeah yeah he's fantastic big fan of michael wincott and he's in this and he's great his character is he, he's actually a cinematographer in it as well and i wonder is he based on the cinematographer for this the cinematographer this right. is um the dutch guy he did i think he worked with danny boyle for a bit and he's worked with Nolan a lot. He he's done he's done Opp- Oppenheimer and Tenet and Interstellar. Okay. He's worked with I think he's worked with Nolan for his last three or four films. But I think before that he worked with I think he worked with with Danny Boyle. So he kind of went okay. from like handheld kind of stuff to okay. IMAX stuff. And I kind of got the impression that the again, like I said, it's quite a meta film. I got the impression that Wincott mm. is maybe. Maybe he's not at all. Maybe that's just me being sort of maybe taken just, off a little bit. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, Wincott was in it, and it's great to see him in um small enough role, but he's he's important, and it's cool. So, mm. Big Sky, Michael Wincott, um, Daniel Kaluuya—he's great again. He gives a very very kind of understated withdrawn performance and he's still still quite engaging okay um, everybody's in it is great Kiki Palmer's great Dylan Perret is great Stephen Young's great small cast but yeah I liked it and like I said it's um, it wasn't quite once they establish what's going on it becomes about something else and I was kind of surprised by that and then the rest of the film is about is about that and it's not what I expected. I maybe okay. don't want to say. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Without giving too much away, but it, it, yeah. Once, once it make it, once it makes explicit what's happening, then the film becomes about what to do about that, mm. and that's not what I kind of expected at all. Um, but that was kind of, as you know, as a film fan, it was quite fun to to watch it be about that. Then, I know okay. I'm being very cryptic, okay. but. Um, yeah. I, re- I really did enjoy it, um, and like I said, I I liked Get Out and Us, but you enjoyed this more. I, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it, it's okay. it's kind of cool to see him. Like I said, you know, his de- Get Out was his debut, and it's great. But by the time I'd seen it, it was maybe a bit overhyped, and there was there was yeah, things in it that, that kind of didn't quite work. And it was it was great to see him. He's really stepping up his game with this. I think it's kind of cool yeah. to see. I was. I enjoyed Get Out. I wasn't. It, it didn't become an instant favorite that I'm going to go back to. You know, um, that moment when she turns on him is pretty fucking funny. Yeah, there's a there's there's one there's a great moment in this where somebody shows up at the ranch. I kind of won't say, but they mm-hmm. they are very very threatening, and they're very mm-hmm. strange. 
Mm. And it's it's kind of a strange moment. It's like, who's this person and what's going on? And then when they reveal who the person is, their level of fear even goes up a notch. But it's it's kind of funny because okay, okay, it's not what you'd expect. It's not who they are isn't what you'd expect them to be, but they're they're kind of the fact that their fear goes up when they realize who it is is kind of a it's a funny kind of commentary about about images and the proliferation of images and stuff like that and why okay. why would that prompt such a a fear response? But I thought it was quite a funny moment. Actually, I do want to see it again. I, I did enjoy it. Did you just talk yourself into it? I think I did, yeah. Okay, cool. That's great. Well, that's that's as as good a review as you can get for it. I watched Roadrunner on Netflix. I think we talked about that a, a while back as well when it was sort of coming. Um, it was a documentary about Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, a, I did an Anthony Bourdain tattoo during the week, and I did a tattoo. I sent it there to the group chat of Tony Collette from Hereditary. Ah. But, um, uh, yeah, okay, so what's Roadrunner like? I I think it's a well like it's hard to if you know anything about Anthony Bourdain I don't think there's a lot of new information um, I think it's a nice portrait of the guy's life um, and the journey through it I didn't know about the Congo stuff they kind of went to shoot a show in the no is it Congo no Congo and I think Beirut they went to shoot a show about Beirut and what a sort of like coming city it was and then they just got stuck in the middle of a war um, and like the whole country shut down and they couldn't leave and were just stuck in a hotel until sort of things settled um, and it, it's kind of odd footage of like that whole crew just chilling by a pool while there's attack choppers going off in the background you know Crazy. and it's just like we can't do anything all we can do is sit here and wait for this to kind of sort itself out and airports reopen and we can get out of the place um, and it was interesting that he was just like we should not make a show about this this content shouldn't be used for anything. And Travel Channel was like, we filmed it, we're using it. And it's like, oh. Um, so you kind of disillusioned him a bit. Um, there's, a, there's a funny thing with it as well, and it got a little, um, I don't know, controversy, where people were just talking about the fact that I think they got his son or a sound-alike to do voiceover from a first-person perspective, which is a bit odd. Um, so he's you know talking about himself kind of retrospectively, um, but it's a if you if you like Anthony Bourdain stuff if you've watched you know um, what is it no no reservations without borders or the, the various shows that he did over the years um, it's a nice portrait of the guy's life and you know through his friends' eyes as well um, the. I don't know enough about the guy's relationship with Asia Argento. Um, she gets painted quite villainous towards the end of it. I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, it's hard to know, you know, what what angle anybody has when they're making a thing. Um, but um, look, it's safe. It's safe to say the guy had a lot of a lot of problems, and um, it didn't end great. But I don't know that they necessarily should have been kind of like connecting the dots the way they were. Um, that sounds shady. It, it it's a little bit. I yeah, like they he he had a addictive personality and he switched out drugs for 
cooking, for a lifestyle, for travel, for Brazilian jiu-jitsu, for, and they say ultimately, you know, this last relationship, but it didn't go well ultimately. And they sort of talk about uh, her being seen with other men kind of in direct sequence of, and then X happened. That's a shitty way to frame it. Yeah. Um, I think watch it yourself to see if they're being even-handed, but my takeaway on it was a little bit like, I don't know that we needed to frame it that way. Especially because, I mean, um, that, that's not how suicide works as well, you know? Yeah. I don't I don't think they explicitly say Well, they that, had to obviously be careful. But somehow know, I came away with that impression, so I don't know. Um, you know, I I think they did to a degree point to things where, you know, there's a there's a there's footage at a dinner table where he's like talking about her and she's there and you can kind of see her kind of going oh fucking stop you know so you can see her sort of being inundated with his obsession but like i don't know it's probably just a very um, normal moment in any relationship though yeah, yeah yeah so um i enjoyed the documentary very much i think the guy lived a fascinating life um and if you like his shows and you've any interest in him, give it a look. There is a cool moment where somebody talks about the idea that him being uh, immortalized in things like murals or, as Kev says, tattoos would actually drive him nuts. And they sort of take off and start defacing some murals because they think he'd love that. But yeah, it's on Netflix there now, so it's really easy to watch and give it a look. It's 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 good. And form your own opinions, Excellent. I guess, about the end. I watched Buzz Lightyear. Oh yeah, I did uh, that too. Actually, it's just it's just called Lightyear. Actually, oh my apologies. You you watched Zerg Lightyear? Uh, yeah, I really liked it. It was fine. Like uh, two things are. Different <laughs> it was awful. Things. I really enjoyed it's it. Like, it's like it's like I just I just don't get like all this outcry about stuff nowadays, and like you know people getting so. I don't think there was that much I outcry. Was there? Was there outcry? Well, I've seen a lot of people kind of mourn about it I think it was one of those things that did poorly the cinema probably do really great as what was I guess on the streaming platforms you know um, but I liked it so it, was a, it was a fun movie uh, yeah it's fine I watched it also um, and I didn't really connect to it I think the world building was lovely the design's amazing and there's lots of fun being had but like movie opens kind of cribbing alien coming out of cryo sleep a little bit you know and you're gonna crib each other with sci-fi stuff but it's all very quick you know they're out of the spaceship they're on the planet shit goes wrong the ship crashes what are we gonna do oh we're gonna try and get new fuel kind of we're gonna test like it. a video game and the progression the way the story yeah. progressed it was like a checklist in the video game and not yeah a story it, you know did you watch it it did actually i, I watched it yes weeks ago yeah, yeah. i did I did say to Eber uh, when we were watching, I was like, this feels yeah. like a video game. It's funny. But, you know, I, enjoy, I, I still thought it was... I, like, I didn't hate it, know, but the same as Aiden, I didn't really connect with it. It There's a lot, lot of likable stuff in it. Um, I like Evan's socks is funny. But the, I know Callum Alexander Watt did some designs for it as well, and you can see... His drawings on his Insta and stuff. Um, the, as, as Brian said, like that's actually... I hadn't framed it in that way, but it's like... Yeah, you can't argue that the story beats aren't there. They are. But they're so perfunctorily hit in order to establish a game mechanic. 
You know, when you're playing a video game, like people skip that stuff and just get into the punching things. So it's there if you want it, but the game mechanic is explicit if you don't want the narrative, you know? So we're just going to see him. Honestly, the trailer was too good for this movie. Like the, that Bowie cut and that timing was, was a great trailer. I called I just that months ago. I, mm. I said that. You did. You I did. said that shit. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> Sorry, let me rephrase. As Brian said months oh, ago, no, no, that no, no, trailer. No, no. I, I just wanted to. I just wanted to say it. You don't have yeah. to say that. Yeah. Um. It, it. They did a fucking great job with that trailer. To be fair. Um, it's a good song. I was so hyped for it, but they just don't establish. They don't establish why I should like or give a shit about Buzz Lightyear early in the movie at all, mm. um, or Space yeah, Rangers. Yeah, he is very one-dimensional. You. They are counting on you knowing, liking Buzz Lightyear and that world from Toy Stories. And they don't do the job of establishing that in, the, in this movie. And I wish they had. Um, I think I'd care about them more. I do like the, like, when they get into, like, the passage of time and him seeing his friend age and stuff. Like, there's there's lovely yeah. stuff in there. Um, But also, I think there's, like, there's an element of, like, isn't that the, the Lost in Space movie with Gary Oldman? Yeah, isn't it? By the end of it, the villain is the older version of the spoilers for Lightyear, trying to reverse time. And I did enjoy it. I like the. I really like the universe. I watched the like making of thing on Beyond Infinity on Disney Plus. They did a little half hour, and like I like seeing people. Mm-hmm. I like seeing people draw, and I like seeing people concept. And that director's been working on Buzz Lightyear through Toy Story forever. Like he was like the lead animator on a chunk of like from Toy Story two onward. He's the guy that they go to for Buzz. Um. And, like, they showed him, you know, concepting ships and stuff. Like, he's got a, a whack of Lego and he, like, makes little model ships and sends them to, to concept designers and go and think it's up like this. And they kind of build out from that, which is kind of fun. Um, the little XL ship that he's flying around in is cool as well. Um, and I like Evans. Very Star Wars tropey at one stage. Hmm? When he lands back on the planet and it's been taken over by robots, mm. that's all very, like... Uh, a New Hope with Luke Skywalker and Yoda mm, crashing yeah. the S-Wing in the swamp. Yeah. Um, so, it's fun. Watch it. I think it really is just, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's, it's a little light in terms of emotional connection, but it's fun. A little light yeah. year. <laughs> dark, 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 dark. Yeah. Yeah. I went there. Um, start watching Killing Eve. Did you watch that show before? Really? I watched the first season. Um, I I feel like it's There's eight episodes. A scene and it could be six in it that kind of sums up my dislike, I guess, for the show and for Bridges' kind of writing style and stuff, where she's screaming at the kid, and they're just bickering. And have you gotten that far, Kev? Money on season one. Season one. season one. Um, Scream. The kid the is kid. pretty late in season one. Yeah, it's towards the end. Maybe okay. no, maybe not. No, I'm only like. Have you not seen the one about Aiden? I think I do. Are they sitting in the park or is they're it? they're kind of in the middle of a road near a field and okay. they're just yes. screaming yeah. at each other yeah. and it's just yeah. So just the, the an episode ends is, with her and a kid and bridges kind of idea of banter kind of a comedy and it just. It's funny sometimes, but you you can you can hear which lines she wrote in No Time to Die. And, uh, I don't know. I thought Fleabag was only okay. It's fine. I I really enjoyed season one. Did she did it, 
did she write yeah. Killing Eve? She did. Whether or not she wrote six seasons of Killing Eve. Are they on season six of that thing? Oh, no, I don't think so. Are they? Well, yeah, sorry, Kev, what do you think of it? There's a lot of things so far. I don't think well, there was one. There, they killed off one character pretty early in it, and that was really disappointing. And I'm not too sure I like where this show is going because I get the impression that like there's like a taboo relationship kind of between the two of them or whatever. And um, but it's just like he killed your best friend, and you're just gonna let go of that all willy nilly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here for that. Um. Yeah. Yeah, the the yeah. the it's a terrible scene. So sad. I I don't even mind that, but I I know where you're coming. Well, from. Well, the the concept of the relationship that they seem to build off of each other is, I guess, they introduce Villanelle as somebody who is crazy and obsessive, and and has these sort of fixations. But it's funny that I don't know. Maybe let's just accept the conceit. Eve is open to this, or Eve is susceptible to the same thing. Um. Did it? Did it? So there's there's multiple seasons. So we only put it on initially because we thought it was like eight episodes one season, but uh, there's multiple seasons. Is it worth? Is it worth watching the whole? I only lot? watched one season. I would watch more of it. Okay. Uh, just because I only had access to one season, I would watch more of it. Um, mm. but I yeah, definitely was season. like by the end of it, I was just like, can we just fucking make a decision here? Are we are we killing Eve or not? You know what I mean? Like, I was like. Like I'm kind of like, how can they string this? Will they? Won't they? Over four seasons, when the the stakes are murder, you know. But she, yeah, she's a serial killer essentially that gets paid. It's awesome, yeah, yeah. But she really enjoys it. But uh, yeah, so we well, watched that. Uh, we did finish. Um, we did we did watch uh, Indian Matchmaker as well on Netflix. All right, is that like a little docu series um, thing, or like I say, docu series uh, reality TV? Uh, I would say I say season one was a little bit more like an insight into the Indian culture and matchmaking, and season two definitely comes off more as a mix of that and a pseudo reality show. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit like of just following these people's lives and their whatever, and I don't really like that aspect of it. But there was some really nice people in it, uh, you know, really interesting people in it, but. People like it's so funny. The matchmakers obviously been doing it for years. She's incredibly successful and all that kind of stuff uh, within their their culture and everything, you know, uh, at, at matchmaking. But uh, she, I say, she has to listen to some mad nonsense. It's like uh, like people saying like, oh yeah, like I want her to be like five foot eight, equally introverted as she is extroverted. Blah blah. blah. And it's just like no wonder you're thirty and single, you know. It's like my god. So such crazy, crazy. Uh, I don't know what you want to say. Requirements, you know. Mm-hmm. But just like she, she doesn't have. She's just constantly rolling her eyes at all these like, you know, young people with their just ridiculous wants and needs. There's um, there's a movie from a few years back called Meet the Patels. I was just about to bring uh, it up. Uh, which. I thought was an interesting. Yeah, I thought it was good. It's been it's been a long time since I see it, but I I enjoyed it. It was a so it's a an Indian American Indian comedian sort of dealing with the him and his sister, expectations isn't it? of his family. Hmm. Him and him his, his sister because they're both expected. They're to, both unmarried and expected yeah. to yeah, and it sort of exa- like he gets he kind of goes through with a lot of like visiting and meeting relatives and stuff of the arranged marriage sort of thing and 
explores whatever but he's kind of is he married or he's dating a American girl at the, at the same time um, so there's a little sort of introduction of like having to break it to his family that this arranged marriage thing isn't kind of going to happen because I'm actually seeing somebody you know um, but it's it. what's the line on it like it's it, it documentary I don't know how much is staged at all but it's straight documentary it's a documentary right? I think yeah yeah um, and they got these little animated sequences and stuff as well um, I, I really enjoyed that but it's been a long time since I saw it um, what, is it streaming anywhere I saw it on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there. But that's where I saw it. But that was about seven or eight years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, if that's there, Kev, I'd, I'd really recommend giving that a look, especially if you've watched Indian yeah. Matchmaker. And you'd uh, recognize him from yeah, stuff. He's in... Stuff since? He's in Master of None. Uh, in the first I was going to say, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. He's the guy that when uh, Dev won't do the role because they want him to do it in a... In an accent and mm. he's also a kind of a comedian slash actor and they're at the same audition and he he makes a decision to, to do the accent to get the role yeah. yes i know the guy you're talking about yeah. yeah yeah it um it doesn't seem to be on netflix at the moment um i w- the one of the most frustrating things about netflix is why why show me that you know what this film is yeah just to say no title found. The fact that you're going, hey, meet the hotels. Look at these seven things. I was like, ugh. Um, it might be on Prime? Yeah, it seems to be on Prime. Yeah, I'd recommend checking that out, Kev. It's, it's okay, there. I'll check it out. Um, anything else on the list? Do um, I have a list? Colleen Kuhn. Oh, yeah. How was that? Uh, I saw it yesterday. Um... Fantastic. Very, very good. Brief synopsis, because I've not heard anything. Um, brief synopsis. It's set in the early 80s. A uh, young nine-ish-year-old girl is sent to live with some distant relatives for the summer. And some family secrets slowly come to light. Genre? Coming of age. Meet du Passage. Uh, <laughs> oh, beautiful, Brian. Beautiful. Odd that you know that, but okay. Um, I love a review of an Oscar titled film in French. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is mostly Oscar also. A um, mm. couple of lines of Very English good. dialogue here and there, but um, yeah, it's mostly, mostly in Irish. Um, set in, I guess, bits of the Gwail tucked in Waterford in the 80s. Um, right. Lovely film. Just very very gentle tender um kind of quietly heartbreaking film in, in the best way in the best way yeah, possible yeah. it's great uh how okay. um actually i i knew very little were there many people there um trying to think about attendance of an uh, like a sort of coming of age a rite de passage on quelga there wasn't no it originally came out back in May I think and I've seen mm. it come in and out of cinema like you, you can rent it at the moment on YouTube yeah, um, yeah. it's available it's available to oh. rent maybe buy definitely rent anyway yeah it did on, it did the sort of festival circuity thing for a while and got yeah. a limited release It's it's been like it. I think I think back when everything everywhere was out it was also out 
mm-hmm. um, and I've seen it come in and out of the kind of arts cinema but mm-hmm. it was also then in a mainstream cinema which is where I saw it yesterday so it was in like one of the smallest screens there wasn't many people there but at the same time that was about you know a third of the screen was taken up with the people that were there so there was a few people there um, okay I knew kind of very little about it as well um even with that said, I kind of knew, you can probably guess beat for beat where it's going because it's kind of a familiar story, but that doesn't lessen it in any way. You know, it's still very, it's still, you know, very beautifully told story. Um, there wasn't a dry eye in the house at the end. It was right. funny because, you know, everybody's being kind of very quiet and kind of taken in. It's it's in um, a shot in kind of a 4-3 ratio as well, so looks a bit like um the snyder cut or you know <laughs> it's kind of like watching something on instagram in the nicest okay. way possible um no it, it i think that's you know more to do with the era it's from as well like it's i think it's from like around 1980 something so it's it kind of fits. yeah it's trying to establish that it, tv era yeah 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 and there's it's it's kind of interesting to see there's there's snippets of irish tv shows that I had just never seen as well stuff I kind of hadn't heard of and it's kind of oh really yeah and it did one of the nice kind of touches in it there's, there's some you only ever see the TV maybe once but there's always a kind of radio or TV in the background and it's it's kind of interesting they obviously had to dig through archives to, to get that stuff and it's kind of a nice touch to just hear just a lot of stuff from like I said I didn't recognize a lot of it but I recognized the kind of tone and and like there's radio ads for stuff in Dungarvan that obviously I wouldn't have heard, but it was mm-hmm. still familiar in terms of, you know, hearing those type of ads growing up, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, everybody was kind of, I kind of sometimes like seeing stuff in a smaller screen like that, like it's a tiny box room in the cinema. And actually, it's one of the things, they, there was still kind of some lights on when I saw Nope throughout the whole screening which was kind right. of, yeah, it was kind of frustrating. Like it, it should have been, you know, pitch black, um, mm. except for the exit signs where there was still kind of some dim lights on. It was kind of annoying. Whereas when I saw this yesterday, it's in this, it's in like a smaller screen, I think. And I couldn't find my seat going in at first because that's how dark it was. And I loved it because I just okay. like felt like the... Immersed. Yeah, the 15 of us in the room kind of under a spell for the... 90 odd minutes and just at the very like like I said knowing knowing as little as I did about it and same as he knowing as little like once you kind of know the basic setup you probably know exactly how it's going to end and that didn't Mm. make it any less powerful and just when when that moment happens at the end just to hear people kind of going (laughs) and everybody (laughs) just sat there for the next five minutes like nobody wanted to to get up and we were all kind of in that oh, moment to watch it. and uh, it's lovely very very nice film it's great great to see it's based on a book also I think which I haven't read I think the book it's based on is um, it's actually now on the, the Leaving Cert English syllabus um, oh, okay so I think it's called Foster um, that's always handy when they make a movie of a book that's on your yeah <laughs> Although I think it's That's only 88 funny. pages anyway, so if you're not going to read it, oh. you're probably not going to do great in your leaving cert. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're not going to read the 88 pages, um, yeah, no, beautiful film, very very nice. Um, 
like I said, it's it's been in and out of the kind of art cinema. It's back in the mainstream cinema in Cork for whatever reason. So keep an eye out. Um, or watch it on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's shown in the lighthouse now at the moment. As you say, it is available streaming. It is available. Do go on see YouTube. it. It's lovely. Yeah, lovely film. Yeah, I think. It was. Um, one of the things I'm looking forward to in the cinema is. Um, September 2nd, The Lighthouse has at least one screening of uh, Michael Flatley's Blackbird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was lots of posters for that at the cinema. <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. I have lots of, I have some of my friends that text me wanting to set up a kind of a, a day out to go see Blackbird. That's so funny. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, like, it's just going to be dog shit, right? Or at the very least, like, the worst case scenario is it's just a middling fucking film and you just come out of going, ugh, you know. I guess he's hoping for a uh, taken, you know. No, it it seems oh, to be like, a little um, got a Casablanca y kind of okay, yeah. description, well, you know. Like, by, like by the cover, it's somewhere. kind of um, looking like a Casino Royale kind of. Yeah. Imagine if he pulls it off and we're all just like, he yep, fair. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Obviously. This is some sort of personal project that he put enough money in himself. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. This is like, we, so as people point out, like the the river dance, Lord of the Dance, Irish dancing around the world. Troubled industry secret agent Black makes Bird lots of money. Abruptly retires from service and opens a luxurious nightclub in the Caribbean to escape the dark shadows of his past. An old flame arrives and reignites love in his life, but she brings danger with her. Director Michael Flatley, writer Michael Flatley. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, brilliant. Um, one of the things I would recommend for our listeners, Eric Roberts, uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, he 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 got the goods. He brought in the pros. Like, um, one of the things I would recommend uh, is the the Bootsy Boys Blackbird. So the the sketch group I mentioned. Um, when this film got announced and it kind of got shelved, it, like it, it's kind of been a like what a cult concept for a while. Just people going, Michael Flatley made this movie and we're never going to see it. We just had a poster. So the guys that did that sketch I was telling you about, they sat down and they wrote a script and they recorded uh, a podcast and it's a, it's on the Head Stuff podcasts. It's called the Bootsy Boys Blackbird, and they just do like a radio play of um, what they what they think this like, film's going to be. Um, that is hilarious it's it's worth checking out I guess it's fun and it won some podcast awards so you know as Brian says if it wins an award you know it's good um, I mean it did <laughs> win an award already the Monaco Film Festival so yes yes oh yeah mm. Mike obviously has friends in Monaco yeah clearly oh yeah is this, um, or maybe award shows? Oh, I never connected that dot. Is Monaco a tax haven? Famously, I'm not sure. Okay, probably. Does Does he live most of his year in Monaco making films that he doesn't pay tax on? And imagine there's a whole flatly cinematic universe in a catalog somewhere that he just hasn't it's not- released. There's a trailer for the new Wednesday Adams show. The trailer looks fine. Um, it's a little like I wasn't sure what the show was going to be. It seems to be kind of like Riverdale with the Adams family. There's a movie called The Greatest Beer Run Ever, which is like somebody actually did this, and it's like his mates were in Vietnam and they got drunk one night. And it's like I want to bring my friends a beer, and he gets on a plane with a p- tray of beer and 
goes and tracks down his buddies in Vietnam and hands them all goes great seeing you and hands them a beer um, that what in ludicrous. the FHM article are you talking about uh, the new uh, <laughs> the new uh, Russell Crowe Zac Efron movie the greatest beer run ever um, is it really Russell Crowe and Zac Efron yeah. um, and a bunch of other people what a Bill Murray actually um, what a great way to phrase that question what in the FHM article are you? Because the minute you said it, I'm like, yeah, this does feel like a headline from a lad mag in 2003. Yeah, moving on. Do we do we want to discuss the wild speculation that Henry Cavill is going to be in season two of Loki? What do we think? How wild is it's this pretty speculation? Wild. It's pretty wild. But would you like that? Uh, would I like it? Or would yes. we like to discuss that? Um, well, answering the first question answers the second question. So. Mm. Yeah, you're just wasting time. Okay. Um, I would like Henry Cavill in the Marvel Universe. I think, you know, everybody's going to get there eventually. It's just at what level. Um, I don't know that I want him popping up in Loki. I guess it depends what they're doing. Hyperion just seems like such a third-tier character. Um, and I think Cavill's well, no, actually, I was I mean, about to say Cavill isn't too much TV, Iron, but Iron the Witcher is... It's true. That's yeah. true. It doesn't really matter in the MCU. You just got to make... Let's not get into that habit, will we? No, let's um, let's piss off the... Um, well, no, so long as people understand why we're doing it. If people think we're doing yes, it as a criticism. Ironically. Then, yeah, then mm. that's not good. No, I'm fucking... I'm all for it. I thought She-Hulk was awesome. But... Um, uh, yeah, sure. Like, I, I, yeah, I think like, Marvel at this stage can bring any character, uh, whatever tier they are, and do it the right, if they do it the right way, blow it up. Like, no one knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. I think so. if it's for the reasons that I've read, then I think it's a very good idea because I think that's what the films need to kind of. Okay, have. well, well, tell us, tell us what the reasons you read are. So I've read that he is playing Hyperion and that it's to set up the Squadron Supreme and that they are working for Kang so that the Avengers mm. won't be just going up against Kang and Kang Dynasty, they'll be going up against a Justice League Squadron. type. Is the Squadron Supreme a mirror to the Justice League? Yeah. Like, are there analogs across it? I can't really remember them Yeah, there is. Well. There's, yeah. A, there's a Flash a character and... And a Wonder Woman and a Batman type of thing? I can't remember exactly. Okay. There's yeah. the Wonder Woman, and there, there. I think there's Batman. Um, yeah, because he was he. They first appeared, I think, in Avengers. That was one of the things I didn't like about. Uh, pull the number. Infinity. <laughs> go on, go on, pull the number. Let's see you do it. Go on, do it. Oh, God. On, Rain go Man, on. this shit. Do it. One, 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 eight go. or something. <laughs> Fact checking. Um. <sighs> yeah, one of the things I didn't like about Infinity War when I first saw it is or how kind of quickly the Black Order were dispatched. They were... Right. Mm. They were barely there, you know? I thought they were going to be... Yeah, they were... Thanos's... I mean, they were his goons, but I thought they were going to have a bit more... Um, a bit more presence yes, and kind of uh, stuff to them. I thought, yeah, you know, mm. a bit more character to them. And they'd get, you know, like I said, get dispatched pretty quickly. Or mm. 
No, it's Avengers 69. 69? Oh, my God. I did say, I did say 39. I mean, 69 or 420 would have been just the obvious numbers to go for. One, and 120. Well, I said 117, but then I just realized the house. You I said 118. Or there was 118. <laughs> yeah, I said it was 118, so I was like, fuck. I was just on my mind. Um, you know, but I do think that would be, if they set them up like that, if he's in, if he's in Loki as, you know, Kang's Superman-level enforcer, and mm. they pop up as, you know, big threat in Kang Dynasty. That'd be, I think that's a good way to, especially like I said, if they have somebody like Cavill and, you know, all the big name actors for the rest that yeah. if they're setting up, a, you know, a, they're not, they're not evil, but they'll be an Avengers level type squad. Yes. Up against, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that, yeah, that, fair. I think that'd be a good way to. Yeah. Give them a well, that really is the Flash, Wonder film. Woman, Superman, Batman, and Green Lantern. They really did just do. Yeah. Like she is really just Wonder Woman. Yeah, I remember her, right? I mean, you can say that about so many. And then the, characters. the yeah, yeah. I mean, the Flash guy is like uh, Prism or Spectrum or something yeah. like that. The Green Lantern, you mean? Yeah. None of the Flash guy yeah. in it. He's to do with like kind of. You know, uh, like light speed, light speed would yeah. have different colors. I think it's that kind of thing. I can't remember. I can't remember. I could be, you could be right no, now. You're probably right because like I, I dude. barely remember them. You know, yeah. The, uh, the Green yeah. Lantern one is Doctor Spectrum. Doctor Spectrum. Then what's the, sp- the, the wizard? Doctor speedy guy. Spectrum. The wizard. Okay. Doctor well, Spectrum. yeah, I'm all over this. Power Princess. They're going to change some of these but, names. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Do they really know what I mean? Captain Rob. America is... Power Princess? Yeah, Power Princess. Why not? Okay. Is Power that any different than princess. Wonder Woman? Power I think they'll just call her Susan. Do they ever call her Wonder Woman, though? She's I'm, Diana, right? I mean, the film title. It's. Oh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Stop it. That's Led Zeppelin. But yeah. we know what you were going for. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't want to try and yeah. explain what the other one was. Um, I'd love to see Cavill in They're the similar. MCU. I'm, do you think if he did, if he played Hyperion, do you think that Warner's would hold a grudge? Do you think he gets back as yeah, Superman, oh yeah. or do they think the, well, the, the thing bottom is, line like the, of finances is the end of the day? If he brings in Bank as Superman, they'll have him back, you know? Well, that, I mean... The thing is, why haven't they brought him back? What's going on? Mm. You know, there's got to be a re- There's already a reason. You know, um, I heard he's a little bitch. <laughs> no, I have heard he's an absolute diva. Um, supposedly, people that are kind of working behind the scenes on stuff have said that he's not a nice person to be around. But who knows? Who knows? That's just gossip. People say that about me. Exactly. Um, oh. <laughs> hmm. No, I I don't know, but um, like they 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 went as far as having a Superman cameo at the end of Shazam, and then very deliberately didn't yeah. show the character's face. And yeah. whereas you know we got Brie Larson to show up at the end of a TV show, and mm-hmm. yet they won't show Superman's face in Shazam. Yeah, and he and he's they, game. Like, he, he he wants to keep playing the character, and yet they're kind of like. Eh. Didn't do didn't do the same in Peacemaker. 
Yeah. They, they kept him in silhouette, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and he was scripted, like that Kevin Smith show we were talking about, like the post credits of that was Superman showing up to yeah. Nick Cage's Bizarro. And yet he hasn't appeared as the character again. So. Mm-hmm. Stuff's going on. So I, I don't think there is a bridge for him to burn. Um, mm. I also kind of remember the thing that Quarrie said, Macquarie said about um, Hollywood in general. It's just like these decisions kind of get made all the time and, you know, they might not want you now, but that doesn't mean they won't want you later if it's if mm. it's worth anything to them. Mm. So if it's worth anything to them to have him back as Superman, they will. In the meantime, Cash in the meantime, king. if he wants to play... Hyperion, yeah. they really won't give a shit. If anything, Actually, yeah. if anything, they'll, it might it might make, make them joke see. About it. Yeah, if anything, it might make them see that fuck. Like if if he's popular as Hyperion, they like mm. Jesus. We really should get him back as, yeah. as Superman. Yeah. yeah, they can bank on it. Yeah. If it's success, yeah. they can bank on it. Yeah. Um, It'd be hilarious to see Marvel do a better a Superman Justice League then. film. Yeah. <laughs> better than that would be very funny. Yeah. There was an article or a statement put out on behalf of Ezra Miller. So we've we've talked about this over the last few weeks. Um, I don't think there's much to go into here other than that looks like the beginning of the, at least the spin, at least the, the, the publicity yeah. uh, trying to, what, what would you call it? Reconstruction? Damage, damage control. control. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the restoration of his image. They're going to spend the next year trying to downplay a lot of stuff and apologize and do the work. Um, I mean, well, I'm part of it as well as like, it's clearly someone who not excusing what they did, but it's somebody going through something. So if they do get help, then, you know, I want to believe that they are, they're not beyond redeeming that they are being, you know, kind of contrite about, about what they've done but um i know i've just seen a lot of people who there's a lot of people really want it to end badly for them mm-hmm. simply because they're a them you know yeah oh, that's um, awful yeah and like maybe they've done worse stuff but like a lot of the stuff people are talking about is just kind of speculation so far and yeah. they, they're yeah. making making them sound like an absolute monster i mean they have gone on a yeah. rampage but we still don't really know a whole lot and if, like, if it turns out that you know, they are horrible then yeah fuck them. Yeah. but in the meantime but like yeah, saying fair. saying they went on a rampage you know with the limited information we have you know like it's a handful of events over a year like like we don't know what's going on leave the matter the, the thing i'm more commenting on is the 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 publicity machine at work yeah the the, the industry like i said i mean the, it's like first release the, apologetic statement they've they've been They've clearly had them detained somewhere mm-hmm. until they could, you know, stop causing headlines, get yeah. their head straight. And then, you know, because like I said, mm-hmm. I, like I've been saying, this is a billion, potentially billions worth yeah. um, property. And yeah. they can't just. It's a jumping off point for anything else sure. they want to do. Yeah. Like if they can get this right and set the tone that they want to set for your Aquaman 2s and your potential Superman follow-ups and your potential Batman follow-ups, you know, um, if they can get this course corrected. I, part of me is just like, I wish they would just excise this tumour of a cinematic universe and just start the fuck over. I think they kind of are. I think that was the point of this. 
But if I think if, they were doing it with this. But how do you like? I just ditch these actors. But Let's I, I, just I start think. Over. I think. But I think that's what this was. You think that the flashpoint or this what whatever this flashpoint is, it's going to just like wipe. I, I think that because I think the they'll point. keep a Momoa three. You know what I mean? They'll they'll want yeah, Aquaman no, three. Yeah, yeah. They'll want to keep Gadot. They, they'll keep what works. I don't know if they'll keep Gadot to be honest, because Wonder Woman two wasn't what they were expecting, and there's nope. been no talk of there's been no talk of three. the follow up. You know. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. Um, Whereas Aquaman made a billion. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, to round off, I guess, the episode here, I think we just want to mention that next week's episode, we are going to have uh, PJ Holden, a comic book artist, joining us. What and day we're going is to talk that? About. That's a Thursday evening Thursday. we're going to record. Thursday evening, 25th. Um, we're going to record and standard release on a Monday. Um, he's a comic book artist, done a lot of work with 2000 AD, a lot of self-published, or not self-published, but like creator-owned stuff. Um, I really like his art. I became aware of him through like Irish comic conventions and stuff like that. And he really appeals to me on um, just a nerd management kind of way because if you follow him on Twitter and um, his sort of online presence, he really does talk about the, 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 the job of being a comic book artist. You know, what are like really good workflows for, for working with Creative or Clip Studio and, you know, hitting his pages and, and getting ink and rates. It, it's, he's a very technical um, executor of work. Process-oriented. Yes, that's the way I put it. I've seen him do workshops and stuff on working with... Um, Clip Studio and, and is it Clip Studio? I've forgotten at this point. It's been a while since I used it. Studio, yeah. it. Used to be anime something or other. Um, Manga Studio was it? So, Manga Studio, yeah. Manga Studio. Something. So uh, he's coming on. We're going to talk to him about his his comic book work, his career, his his take on stuff. Um, he's got notebooks you can buy on Amazon as well, like um, pre formatted for comic book layout pages and stuff like that. So they're really handy um, tool sets that he's sort of putting out in the world. And he has suggested that we watch John Borman's Excalibur. I've never seen it. Kev's never seen it. You've seen it. Brian, it feels like something you'd have seen. We've talked about it. I feel like uh, I've seen it, but uh, I'll have it. to watch it again. I've seen no, it. We didn't. Nobody listens to me. <laughs> Is it okay. no one listens to me? I was heard that? you. That was the joke. I know. Um, I set you up. I gotta go. I'm looking forward to it. And um, the other thing uh, I'm going to say just before we go, I know you're saying I got to go, um, is we have the uh, the Bag of Cats comedy show is coming again on September 17th. But on top of that, what we've just added, and we're just formalizing the structure of this a little bit, is we are going to be bi-weekly in the DL doing an improv open mic uh, called The Scratching Post. So Amazing. come sharpen your claws with the Bag of Cats at The Scratching Post improv. Mm. <laughs> we workshop that. Um, yeah, the idea is just going to be show up, sign up, and um, get on to 10 minutes uh, for improv teams uh, rather than something that we have to manage and book a lot of. You know, we just want it to be really sort of freeform and easy and let it run itself as much as possible. Um, and the DL is a great little location. If you've not been there, check them out. Folks are lovely. 
uh, Crow Street and Temple Bar, if you remember where the third place comic book shop used to be. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, they've, they haven't been there in a long, long time, but I figured you'd remember that. Um, and that first one of those is going to be September 30th. Awesome. Be there, be square. Yeah.